as weird as this seems. As weird as it seems, I feel more uncomfortable sitting here doing it than I do sitting anywhere else doing Zoom. It's just, just awkward right here this morning. But um, we're, we're, we're seeking God for the direction of the ministry and where we're going right now and what we're doing. And um, just getting ready for the media part of what is happening here and now. So, um, if you would be so kind, I want you to go with me to the Psalms 37. And I want to preface this message by saying, every new season that I've experienced, and I'm sure you have, I've seen it throughout the Bible comes with this dismission or, or walking away from or changing of almost everything around you. Um, like people say you're being moved out of your comfort zone. And that's a way to look at it. But that to me is a glass half empty approach. You're being moved into your greatness zone and the greatness zone does come with challenge. So we say because it's discomfort in the change, we want to immediately look at of being moved out of comfort into something uncomfortable. But the reality is you're being moved into something way more comfortable, just unknown or unusual. Does that make sense? Your, your, your comfort zone that they're saying you're moved out of, if you think about it, let me sit the word down for a minute. If you think about it in reality, you're wanting to move because you're no longer comfortable in what you're calling the comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're being moved out of the place of familiarity at the moment, mediocrity, because it wasn't mediocre before you got moved there. But once you got there and got comfortable there, then it'd be all familiar. Familiar would probably be a better word than comfortable. You're being moved out of what's familiar and you're being moved into greatness, which is challenging you now and making you feel uncomfortable. But the zone that they're calling the comfort zone is no longer comfortable. So therefore, I would not call that the comfort zone. I would call that for me the discomfort zone. And that's why I've been praying and crying out to God, God, take me to the next level. Then he starts moving me to the next level. Why would I call that level comfort? I wasn't comfortable. That's why I wanted to move. Do you bear witness for what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the comfort zone for me or, or the zone that I want to call the, 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 new, the new familiar zone or the, the new normal is just because it's not yet normal. So there's levels of discomfort, but it's not the zone of uncomfort. It's the zone of comfort. Am I confusing anybody? <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. You are being moved to the comfort zone from the zone that you are in that you're no longer comfortable with, but familiar with. Got it? So as daddy begins moving us from one place to the other, 
from glory to glory, it says. It doesn't say from, from, from comfort to discomfort. It says from glory to glory. So the new zone now should be looked at by us as not as an uncomfortable place, but the place of comfort and where your future comfort lies. If I can get us to the place as believers to expect every place God takes me to be comfortable and expect it to be better, I won't look at it as a zone of uncomfort. I don't ever want to be comfortable in a place that daddy no longer is. I don't want to call that the comfort zone. I'm just trying to get us to watch these, these lips here and these words that come out of my mouth. I don't want to be calling the place that God's spirit no longer is the zone of comfort. It's not. It's not. It's not comfortable. And that's why we're praying and crying and seeking out to God. God, what's my next level? Where do you want me to go right now? Because comfort is where he is, not where he was. Got that? All right. So as I begin saying to God, it's funny because as I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago that God delivered me from a place of spirit of depression. They didn't even know I was there. And how many people I've spoken to since then, it's like, oh my God, I think I'm there. And it's because for us, especially men, and a lot of times sisters I see, we believe that this discomfort or this, this feeling of whatever that's making us feel down is a good thing because it's motivating us to greatness. Depression motivates you to depression. It don't motivate you to greatness. And the sad thing about the spirit of depression is every accomplishment becomes a temporary place of comfort. And then that spirit seeks back in. And as I was talking to my friend yesterday, I, and, and he was like, wow, I'm like, I think I'm in the same place you were. I said, we're living for the joy of the accomplishment. The joy of the Lord is no longer our strength, it's the joy of the accomplishment. So every time we get a win, we feel this place of satisfaction until the discomfort sinks right back in again because our faith is no longer in the love and the comfort of God, but in the things that we accomplish at the moment. So I'll give you an example using myself. So, so all of these past month, I'm in this newspaper and this article and this television thing and this and that and this and that. And there's, there's this joy of it. And I said, God, I know there's going to come a time where that's going to slow down. How am I going to feel? Am I going to still feel as important? Am I going to still feel good about myself? Am I going to be feeling now down again until we get, we got to get another article. We got to get another thing. You see, then the joy of the Lord is not my strength. Is the blessings he's provided become my strength or my sense of worth? And I, I, I know I'm speaking to you right now. So I said, I can't be moved by that. And I remember when God told me, stop looking at the, 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 the social media stuff to see how many likes and comments you get. Because now you're finding your joy in that. Oh, this one got a lot. Oh, this one didn't. Now I feel down and disappointed. And all of a sudden, all these things become a source of joy. God has been removed and replaced by Twitter or Instagram or whatever else it is because we need people to like us or approve of us in order for us to feel that we are blessed or that God loves us. I know I'm speaking to somebody. 
So if I don't get another article again, so what? I, I need to be in the place that I'm not living from moment to moment versed on stimuli from the outside or from the world. I shouldn't need the word stimulation to know that I'm okay. So as God began to walk me back to 37 with this understanding that you're now free from something. You're not preaching your way out of something. You're preaching, you're teaching through your deliverance, which is what I always try to do. I always try to share with you what God has helped me through. And for those who are watching on camera now, you're used to me looking right at the camera. I'm looking around because there's people in the room. So it's, it'll be all right. Um, it's important that I've come to realize now, I, I've made this, I've said this as a joke, but it's really true. When a spirit of something gets off of you that's been on you or plaguing you for a long time, the world that you've been in every day, that familiar world looks different. The grass looks greener, the sky looks bluer, the air smells fresher. Everything around you is changed to the perspective of where God has you at the moment. So you can read the same scriptures that you read 50 times before, but now it applies to you in a way that you can relate to and say amen to, where before it was something you were saying, well, that must be nice for people who have this experience, but it's not mine. Um, Deliverance is not in the manifestation, it's in the acceptance. Hmm. Deliverance is not in the manifestation, it's in the acceptance. Once you accept it and you receive it, then it's manifested. But until then, right? It's not yours until you receive it. So when God said, get up from there, I could have did the Gideon. I could have said, well, look at my life and, you know, this and that. And, you know, what was me and my family is the least of, and all of, you know, right. No, I stood up and I stood up not knowing what get up meant other than God said, get up. And I knew it had a spiritual meaning. I accepted it. And in accepting it, I received it. See, the receiving comes in the going forward. Receive, the receiving comes in the saying yes to what you said and I don't need outside stimuli to confirm what you said. So in stepping into that freedom, I found out that not only am I free, I've been now free in conversation to set other people free because now I've been able to share with them what God did for me and they can say, well, then I can have that. And when I was speaking to my friend, he said to me, wow, listening to you talk, I think I've been going through that. Now that you mention it, yeah, I've been dealing with depression. And I said, yeah, see, depression is not sitting there all the time with a gun in your mouth. You know, um, some, you know, some people get depressed and stay in a room and pull the curtains closed and sit in the dark and never go outside and live the rest of their life in torment, locked in the dark room. It's one of the most amazing things. I've seen depression now that I see it manifest itself in a filthy house. Just dirt and filth everywhere. They don't clean up. They don't put up. They can't put stuff together. It's just like the whole thought of even tackling it brings them down. So they'll rather, and I've seen this with people, they'll, they'll have their Zooms or their, their social media following, and they have tens of thousands of people following and they got the camera in front of them and it's beautiful. And they happen to hit the camera, knock the camera, move. And you see behind them and it's like, oh my God, how are you living like that? 
<laughs> it's a depression and, and it's a form of it. So I'm not here to do a message on depression. I'm here to do a message on deliverance from it. When God called me out, he called me out of needing to be approved from everyone and everything in order for me to believe that his word is true. Freedom. It's a true freedom. So we did Psalms 37. And I'm going to go right back to the beginning of it. We're going to scan through again. We're going to talk about some of the revelation that has manifested since I've been free. So now you're talking of a message I started before I was delivered from depression. And then now I'm the way God has helped me see it since I've been delivered from depression. And it's, it's, it's you know, I'm not ashamed to talk about it, you know. And when I was speaking to this brother, I know I am keep going off on this point because I'm just so amazed how God is using my freedom to free so many people. While speaking to this brother, he's not a church going guy like that. That's not his thing. He believes in the Lord and that, but he's not that. And, and, and he's somebody I know in business. And he said to me, you know, it is so good to, for me as a man to talk to another man who honestly acknowledges that he went through that. He said, the problem is we don't like to talk about that, especially people of color. We, we're not people that go to a therapist. You know, that's not something that we would do. And, and I mean, we got to go. I mean, you know, people of other races, they stub their toe and they're going to well, I stub my toe twice. It must be I need to see a therapist. You know, we are like we got to be almost dead to go to the doctor, <laughs> you know. So he said it's so good to talk to a, a strong black man that I, I respect about therapy. Like like he said, you know, about being free. He said this is therapy. So absolutely. We, we minister to each other and we acknowledge that there's an issue and we're willing to deal with it without feeling ashamed or less of a man. If we say we have an issue in our mental state, we don't have to feel ashamed about it. So I'm going to start with verse two or verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, let's look at that. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. I see that now from a different place. Doing good don't mean trust in the Lord and behave yourself only. I'm sure it could mean that. But when I was in a place where I was looking for outside stimuli, I wasn't doing good. I wasn't trusting in the Lord. I was trusting in things. I was trusting in people and I wasn't doing good. So I see this now as more before I read it as a as a command. Now I'm reading it as an instruction. You see what deliverance will do? Trust in the Lord and do good. Do good, do good. Trust in the Lord and you do good. Trust in the Lord and you do good. Trust in people and you won't. You get, you catching it now? I see it as a, as a prominent, I promise as a covenant word he's saying to me, trust in me, you do good. Take delight in the Lord 
and he will grant the desires of your heart. Again, don't trust in people. Trust in me. Delight in me, not in how many likes you got. And I'll give you the desires of your heart. You want to be healed? Delight in me. Not in everything that everybody else is telling you you need to do. Hmm. So just in that verse alone, I was awakened. God wants me to do good. He's not demanding that I do good. He wants good for me. He's not fussing at me or yelling at me to do good. Are you catching this now? Delight yourself in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And you do good. And then I'll give you the desires of your heart. That spoke to me different. Are you, are you with me this morning? Yes. Because what he said to me is, I couldn't give you the desires of your heart while you were laying on the couch in fetal position. You wouldn't even see them or pick them up or pursue them. You're not in the realm that I can move you where I want to move you. But trust in me and you do good. Then you can delight. And I can open up the desires of your heart. I can begin to speak to your heart and begin to show you where I want you when you're free from the bondage that's keeping you down. Somebody say with a strong voice, God wants me free. God wants me free. Indeed, he does. Indeed, he does. And I've been trying to get God to free me when he wants me free. I've been treating God like I got to ask him for something that he already wants for me. I've been pursuing and chasing after God to do it when he said it's already done. All things that pertain to life and godliness, I've already given you and you're asking me for something. But the problem is you're pursuing it by way of earth and man. So you can't see what I'm doing. Did you catch that? So I keep using social media. So I need God to verify he loves me by how many likes I get. And I'm using social media as, 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 a, as a thing, but let's delete social media, how many likes you get from people. All social media is, is an extension of how we feel about ourselves now generated to the whole world. Maybe I could get a bunch of strangers to like me because I can't get the people around me to. Can we have a real, this is a real conversation. It's just an extension. I realized something about my life. When I got free from needing people to like me, family, whatever, I stopped looking at social media to see who liked. I was free from needing somebody to like me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you catch that? And in being free from that, I can trust in the Lord and delight in him. Do you like me? That one like can heal my whole body, change my mind, my life, my point of view. Just Lord, you like me. And he said to me, I don't. I love you. And I sent my son to die for you. And that's all the love and like you need. And if you trust in me and you'll do good, and then I can speak to your heart and give you desires. Am I talking to you today? So here we are. Now, listen to me close. Next verse. 
Commit your way to the Lord. Well, first I have to get the desire of my heart from him for me to commit it to him. But I have to trust in him and, and, and be doing well to do that. Have you ever tried to serve the Lord from a place of self-disappointment? It goes nowhere. I am talking very, very personal today, which I usually do. But I really want to show you how your whole world changes. I was with somebody the other, um, the other day talking and um, in the salon and just having regular conversation talking. All of a sudden, the conversation went to somebody had wronged them or their friend. And it just turned all of a sudden really, for me, kind of dark. It was like, and it wasn't like it was bad. It just was, it wasn't, it wasn't edifying. And I saw you know that you went all the way over to the other side of the room and sat yourself down. And I, he's under the dryer and I'm, he's talking and he's talking after a while. I'm like, my mind is going, is there a conclusion to this? Like, are, are we coming to the end with a positive ending? Is there going to be a good spin on this? I'm like, okay, okay, I got to go. I, I, I got to go, you know, check my grandson. I, we got to go out. Great talking to you. Though. And, but for the first time in my life, I felt the need to withdraw from that. It didn't feel like I was doing good by being a participant in this negative conversation. Well, before I would have been like, really? What? I oh, asked messed up. And I was trying to be empathetic, but I was feeling like, nah, I don't want to hear this mess. This is, this, is, this is too much. The first few minutes I was, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then after it kept being spun and spun and spun, I was like, and I said, God, something in me changed because I didn't feel comfortable in the environment that wasn't glorifying or uplifting or, or positive because I'm now trusting in the Lord. And so I'm doing good. Amen. And when you're doing good, you don't feel comfortable around that, which is not good. Amen. See, I'm talking about a healing in your spirit that changes your behavior instead of you trying to change your behavior to make God like you. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Very, real simple, very, real plain. This, this change in me is happening drastically because he said, get up. And he said, get up. And I obeyed not knowing what get up could mean. And once I stepped into it and he revealed to me what I was getting up from, I said, well, then I need to trust in your love of and your provision for me in my heart that I've seen a million times and just do good. Just be good. I'm, you know, you know, people still say, you know, how you doing? I'm good. I understand that in a different way now. I'm good. I'm good with him. I'm good with you. I'm good with all y'all. I'm good now. I, I, you know, the animosities and stuff that I've carried for years, I feel them either gone or quickly fading away. Just I'm, I'm good. I don't even have time to to spend being bitter towards you. And it was one person that kept coming up in my mind that I kept going. Yeah, but nah, that's different. Nah, nah, that's a little different. God was like, no, 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 don't confess that. It's the same. I'm good with everybody. I'm good. I'm good. I'm free. Whom the son is made free is free indeed. I trust you, Lord, and I'm doing good. Say, I trust you, Lord. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good because I trust you.
It's not trusting the Lord and behave. I want that to be wiped from our vocabulary, our minds, our thoughts, our spirit from this point on. It's trusting the Lord and you do good. Amen. Does that help somebody? Now commit that way to the Lord. What way? What way? See? That way that I trust you, so I'm doing good, now I can commit that to you. He ain't said, commit to me all your problems and worries and woes. And I know that's church belief, but he said, cast the care on me. Cast the care on me and come on. That means that I no longer carry it. No, 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 you're not listening to me. Cast your care upon the Lord because he cares for you doesn't mean share your care with the Lord. But that's what we do with it. And we come back and check, see how he's doing with it. We we bring back the percentage of it that we keep. Right? Because we keep our percentage. You know, I got to check up, make sure everything is good, God. Oh, God, and by the way, Pookie did one more thing now. We got to add that to it. So now I'm, I'm bringing this to you, too. Bringing it to you. And I know in time, Lord, uh, you're going to work it out. (laughs) He said, cast it. I don't know if you understand the definition of cast for the way God showed me it from now being free. See, I'm seeing the same verses different. I expect to see the whole Bible different now. To cast is a couple of things he brought to my mind. A fisherman cast his line. He reels it back and he flings it out as far as he can. And he don't pull on it or tug on it or do anything with it again unless he sees a bite. He'll put the rod down in the little rod holders and go have lunch. If that rod don't start going click, 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 there ain't no need to even look at it. How many times we keep pulling it back out the water to see if anything's on it? You understand what I'm saying? He said, that's casting. He said, casting is another thing is if you throw something and you're throwing it as far as you can. And I started to look at that. And I said, oh, God, excuse me if I'm being a funny or wise guy, but how does it relate to casting in a movie? You know, they cast for movies. And God said, good that you would say that. Let me give you a perspective. They cast somebody else to play a role so that the original person doesn't have to play it. How does that fit, right? Well, if if Leonardo DiCaprio is playing somebody that person who would normally be that person is sitting home relaxing. He's not sitting there at the set watching them to see everything he's doing. It's like, you that, that's you. You're the portrayal. And God said to me, if you want to look at it that way, cast your care on Jesus. Let him play the role. God's smart. So let him, let him act out the role and you just sit home. Wait for the movie to come out. It'll be out in September. 
whatever. Go sit down somewhere. He's been cast to play you. You go sit there. I said, I like that, Father. That's a, that's a good approach. That's a good way to look at it. I cast it on you. You handle the role. You got to get up every morning and every night and be on set. Not me. It's not my problem. I hope that helps somebody. That was just a little something to give you something. Commit your way to the Lord. So the way I'm committing to the Lord now, think about it, is a whole new way. The way I was committing to him before was the issues and the problems and the feelings and the emotions and all the stuff I was going through. Now that I'm not going through it, what I'm committing to him is a clean heart, a good heart, a heart that's doing good, that he can do good with it. No, it's not proper English, but there it is. I committed to him and he is doing it. And that's the casting part where that clicked for me. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him and he will do this. What would he do? He will make your right, your righteousness. He will make your righteousness, your righteous reward. I'm sorry. Shine like the dawn. Your righteous reward is a note to take in your mind or in your writing. A righteous reward is not a thing. It's not a behavior. It's not a person. You're listening? Your righteous reward, what is righteousness? How many of you know? I've taught it enough over the years. Right standing with God. He will make your right standing with him shine. Yeah, it ain't a thing. He will make it seen by everybody that you he good with you. Trust in the Lord and do good. Commit to him and he will make your right standing with him evident to everyone. I think I'll be quiet a little while and let you sit with that. He will make your right standing with him shine. He will make it seen. He'll do it. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the new, like, like the dawn and your vindication like the noonday sun. It means your vindication means you've been found not guilty. You've been vindicated. He said, so you're right standing with him and the fact that you've been vindicated, not guilty, he will make that shine. You know, that means you don't have to fight and say nothing to nobody. You can hold your peace and he fights your battles. You don't have to do any of that stuff because he says, I'm going to make your vindication and your right standing with me shine like the new day sun. That means everybody can see it. It's up there in the sky. Unless you got your eye closed, you can see it. Wow. How long have we worked to, to try to make our own righteousness shine like the new day sun? How, how hard have we worked to try to make somebody else relate to us on a, on a level that only God can make them relate? I'm going to wrap up now. I'm not going to go much longer. Here we go. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways or when they carry out wicked schemes. Refrain from wrath and anger and, and turn from, I mean, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those 
who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So let's bring that home. First thing he told me was inheriting the land. Stop thinking about that as a natural land too. He said, stop thinking about it as physical land. Inherit the land means inherit, inherit the promise or the possession. God isn't, there's nowhere in the Bible where God is saying to you, be praying for physical land. Seek ye first the kingdom and all these things will be added. So when you inherit the land, you inherit the relationship, you inherit the, 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 the life, you inherit the truth, the righteousness that shines like the noonday sun and the vindication. He said, if you inherit the land, you inherit that, that, that place that he set up for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's a kingdom. That's a land. And all these things will be added to you. That's a kingdom. That's a land. Don't seek the physical land. Seek the kingdom. Seek that's the land. Everything he's talking about here is don't worry about wicked people. Stop pursuing this earthly realm as your reward. It's not. It's his kingdom that's your reward. And then the spillover naturally becomes what's going on for you in the spirit happens for you in the natural. But we're pursuing the natural to believe that we're spiritual instead of pursuing the spiritual and letting it manifest into the natural. It's real, real simple. If you really listen to what I'm saying, we look for God's blessings in this realm when we should be looking for for that realm. And that's when I told you this time, so up, don't sow down, so up, because then you sow into the kingdom and you receive what you need from there and then let it manifest itself in the natural. But stop pursuing earthly love and possession to believe that God loves you or blesses you. This, what happens here is his last concern. His first concern is my walk with him in there. So from him, let me, pulling me out of and setting me free from a spirit of depression, opened me up to another realm of the spirit that I couldn't walk in before, walking around carrying these earthly burdens. And in that I was set free. And in that I was able now to walk closer to him in a way that I kept saying, God, why can't it be close? I'm trying to be close to God, I wanna be close to you. He's like, you, you close to me as you're going to get, you know, in the realm of the spirit is that you got too many things in the natural that's clouding you because you focused on it. My request is simple. Seek the kingdom and right standing in his righteousness. Let all this other stuff be added. I am on a fast from earthly stimulation in that sense, where I need people or situations or something. Not food. I can fast food and still be depressed. I've done it, okay? But I'm fasting from the need of man and the need of things to fulfill me. I'm fasting from all the stuff, the people to like me, the people to love me, the people to say good things about me. I, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. I need to know that I'm loved by God. Amen? Amen. Father, we just come before you today and we thank you for the opportunity to know that we are yours and we don't need anyone's approval but yours in this season and time. Amen. We bless you, God, and we thank you for all your goodness and care. Amen. And we know that we are not alone and we Amen. give you full praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. amen and amen.